Welcome to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and thank you so much for joining us today. We know that uh, there's so many other things going on, so many other things you could be listening to right now, but you have decided to listen to what God has in store for you on this podcast. So we just pray and ask that God would bless you in this sermon Thank you again for joining us. Don't forget, you are part of the Rock Creek Family Church family. Good morning, good morning. I don't know who is watching yet. If you're watching, put me, put a little message down there for me. I know we are. There you go. There's Miss Sherry. Good to have you. Good to have you. I'm going to give everybody just a couple of minutes to get on. I know I got on. A couple of minutes early, so hello, hello. We got a few people chiming in. Thank you for being with us this morning, for being being with me on this this snow day. Um, I'm sorry that we could not have service uh, there at church like like normal. Um, it was it was still pretty snowed in as of yesterday uh, afternoon. And in fact, there were still about six or seven inches of snow around on the backside of uh, of the church. So, there I see a few more. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for watching. Thanks for being with us today. Again, I'm just going to give everybody a couple of minutes. Then we'll dive into a little uh, time of prayer and then our Bible study. I'm going to use this Bible study to kind of as a launch pad to go into what we will be talking deeper about for the next few weeks. So, <laughs> Good morning, good morning. There's more and more people chiming in. I have a few, have a, have a feeling a few people are still in their pajamas and maybe going to catch this later and that's okay. Um, I'm not in my pajamas, but I, I could be, right? Uh, well, as people are chiming in and people are coming on, I am going to go ahead and go into a moment of prayer. So if you, uh, certainly if you have any prayer requests or prayer needs, you can always message us or text me or, or whatever. Uh, we'd be glad to pray for you in whatever way we can. Um, certainly, uh, I believe now is a time for all of us to really get deeper in our prayer life and in, in our prayer walk. I really think it's important right now. Um, all right. Thank you. Hey, good to see you. Good to see everybody. Again, I'm gonna, let's go ahead and let's, let's dive on in just for sake of time. I don't want to hold you super long. I know it's kind of hard um, doing these videos and um, it's kind of hard with all the distractions and things that are going on. In fact, that's why I'm here in our upper room, in our bonus room, um, because uh, we, we have a house full of distractions. Um, so we are, we are thankful, though, for this opportunity to get to come to you into your living room or kitchen or wherever it is. If you're cooking breakfast and watching, then please save me some, right? Please, please do. Because, uh, you know, I haven't done that over the last week, right? I haven't eaten at all. <laughs> or, or maybe, okay, maybe that's a, a, a fib. Maybe that's a huge lie because I've eaten a lot. I, I've done most, most of the time I've, I've cooked and I've eaten and I've played in the snow. And then I've cooked and I've eaten and then I've played in the snow. 
and um, that's about all that I've done. So I hope you guys are staying warm, staying safe. Uh, for those that are just joining in, again, sorry we could not have our service there at the church. Um, it was just still too full of snow and ice. There was no way we could get you guys back out of that that parking lot there because the parking lot is still covered and probably six inches of snow and ice. Uh, hopefully, after today, things will begin to melt a little bit more. Um, I think there's some rain coming in. Maybe that will actually help a little bit. And then hopefully by Wednesday, we will be able to go back to church service. And then, of course, by next Sunday, we will be back there as well. Um, but uh, I hope everybody's staying safe and staying warm. Uh, we did, I really did think about, I really did pray about having everybody just come to the church and park on top of the hill. And then I was going to have uh, Pastor Jonathan Moody uh, carry everybody down like piggyback style. Uh, but for some reason, he didn't go for that. Um, so uh, since since he didn't go for that, here we are, right? Now, uh, uh, you guys, thanks for uh, watching. Thanks for chiming in. Thanks for being here. Um, again, I hope everybody's safe and warm. I know uh, I know I had some good time this last week being with the family. Um, I know it, as hard as it was, uh, it was kind of nice uh, to be able to be around my family a little bit more because life is a little crazy and I don't always get that. Um, so that was very nice. It was cool to get to play in the snow a little bit with the boys. Um, I will, uh, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I will let everybody know that I am still the reigning uh, sledding champion of our neighborhood, especially our cul-de-sac, all the neighbors. We had a, a little sled tournament. Um, I, I won, okay? Because when you throw this body, when you hurl all of this down a hill on a sled, it goes really fast. And uh, that was a that was a lot of fun. So I am just to let everybody know I am the reigning sledding champion. Um, my belt is on the line at any point in time. Uh, maybe if this comes again, we will uh, we'll have a another tournament and and invite all of you out to come and sled with us. Right. All right. Let's dive in. Let's go in. If you, if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn with me to Acts chapter three and verse eleven. That's where we're where we are going to start. This morning, um, we're going to start with Acts chapter 3, verse 11. I'm going to pray, and then let's, let's talk a little bit from my heart to yours, and then let's dive into what I feel like God's heart is to us right now, this church, this time, this season uh, that, that we are in. So, all right. Father God, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. We praise you for your goodness. We praise you for your faithfulness. Uh, Father God, I, I know it's in times and seasons like this where we have been been made to slow down a little bit that we are reminded. We're reminded of, of um, what is most important. We're reminded of coming back to you. We're reminded of, you know, sometimes it's okay to, to stop everything and just focus on you for a minute. God, I pray that you help us do that. I pray, God, that you would use this Bible study this morning to, to really open up our minds and our hearts according to your will and for your glory. Uh, God, I know that there are many challenges ahead of us and many things that uh, we as a church and as the body of believers are going to be dealing with and, and having to deal with. And, and I pray, Lord God, that, that through those challenges, you give us holy opportunities to know you more, to grow closer to you, and to see you move through our steadfast faithfulness. Father, I pray for those this morning that are 
that are discouraged, those that are sick, those that need a touch in, in their body or in their spirit. I pray, God, for them. I ask, Lord, that you would move in them with, with such power and such grace. Thank you again for who you are. We pray, Lord God, that you would be with us in a mighty, mighty way. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. 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 Yay, I see some more jumping in online. Thanks for joining with us. Thanks for being with us. Um, all right, again, if you have not already got this, we're going to be joining in, jumping in on Acts chapter 3, verse 11. And uh, let me just take a just a quick minute or two to explain uh, really where this message is coming from um, and really where we're going to go with this message. Um, this message was really birthed a, a bit out of a merger between two thoughts that I had been really thinking about and praying about and meditating on over these last few days and over this last snowed-in week. Um, but as I was thinking and praying, obviously I, I, I've been thinking about what we have been talking about uh, in the last few, I think, four or five Sunday mornings uh, about going back to the roots of the early church and, and what the early church did and, and uh, what, they, what they felt like was really, really important for them to, um, to be the church that, that Christ had called them to be. And, and as Christ said, he's building his church. And what are those building blocks that he uses uh, to build his church with? And, and uh, we, we've gone over that, right? We've gone over the fact that uh, they really were steadfast in the teachings of Jesus, which is so, so important right now. You've got so much, uh, so, so much religious stuff out there that, that's not really coming back to the teachings of Jesus Christ. They're throwing a bunch of man-made stuff in there. Be very careful of that um, because man-made stuff, it, it, uh, it, it looks good sometimes at first, um, but it's kind of like that, um, that cheap stuff you buy at the dollar store, right? It, it can look okay at first, but as soon as you really put it to use and put it to work, it breaks. It breaks very, very easily. Uh, you know, I've always, I'm a bit of a cheapskate. I, I admit that. I will always try to go cheap whenever I can, but I have also learned in my old age, in my old wisdom, I have learned that there are a lot of things that you get what you pay for. Right. If you if you buy cheap, you're going to get something cheap out of it, and it's going to break when you put it under pressure. You put it under use, and that is really the man-made religious system. And I'm not just talking about church. I'm talking about just in general those that feel like that uh, that man has power in its in his own self to do uh, what he feels like and desires to be uh, for the best, most successful life. Uh, well, when you put that man's ways under pressure, when you put it uh, under a stress, when you put it under a strain, it's going to break. It's going to break. Um, but if we then go back to what the disciples taught about Christ and how they really felt the need by the unction of the Holy Spirit to let's keep teaching the ways of Christ, knowing that his purchase was a much greater purchase at, at a much higher price that it's not going to break. It's not going to buckle under pressure. In fact, that's when God does his best work. And I'm so excited about uh, what is going to be going on in the church over the next few years and maybe even this next generation. As many challenges as we see, I'm also excited at the opportunity of watching God work in amazing ways. Uh, so we, we would be, again, let's 
Uh, we've been talking about how the church was, was really founded on the teachings of Jesus. They were founded on that, that moving with the Holy Spirit and, and especially in prayer. And I really, really firmly believe this, that your, uh, your, your spiritual life is very, very um, connected through your, spra- your, your prayer life. Um, that, um, that, that what God has in store for you, you're not going to just happen upon it. You're going to find it because finding is reserved for the seekers. And doors that open are reserved for those that knock upon that door. And those that keep asking and keep pressing. Um, you're, God has got this. Uh, he, he's, got, he's got you, okay? He's got you. And so to stay in that frame of mind, you got to stay prayerful. Just as the, the uh, disciples did. I mean, they, they knew that they were going to be facing many, many challenges. And so they knew that they had to stay connected through Christ through the move of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was, was really Jesus inside of them, just as he was with them. And so, and so staying connected to that was really, really important. And that's why they prayed. They prayed a lot. And I, I know that it's time for the churches to, to make sure that we are doing the same, that we are praying and praying a lot. Uh, they were also uh, giving themselves over to fellowship and what the Bible calls breaking of bread and prayers. And, and so this fellowship and this breaking of bread was them coming together and always remembering what Jesus had done for them. Uh, may we never forget that. May we never come into a church service. May we never come into a worship service or into a Bible study ever forgetting what Jesus has done for us, what he's done for you, what he's done for me. May we not ever, ever, ever forget that. And then also, they were really, really steadfast in helping each other out, even to the point that they were selling off stuff that they had so that they could help one another. That's really important. So uh, I was meditating on that, meditating on how the church was really becoming the church and what God was doing with the church and how he was using this steadfast faithfulness in these things of prayer and teaching and fellowship and remembering Christ and, and moving of the Holy Spirit, how as they were steadfast in that, God was really building something that would really change the spiritual landscape of the entire world for thousands of years to come. And here we are a couple of thousand years later, and it's still changing the landscape of, of the spiritual landscape of, of our world. That's why there is such a great, great battle against it. That's why there's such a great struggle against what God is doing and what what he's doing through his church. And I'm here to tell you, his church is still on the move. His church, God is still using his church. Um, so, so don't be discouraged in that. Don't be discouraged as you see the challenges and the things that are coming against the church. And, and you know, there's a lot of talk out there. and There's a lot of reality out there. And so you might want to be a little bit cautious, right, about how to handle your faith over the next uh, little bit of your life or maybe a lot of bit of your life. And I want to give you some encouragement that God, God has his church right where he wants his church to be. And he has empowered his church with everything that the church needs to be his body, no matter the challenges that are out there. That, that, that first thought was what I had been meditating on. And then I kind of merged it together, putting it together with um, just... As I was in my prayer time, uh, for most of you that, that know where I live, or maybe you don't, right? Um, I have a pretty neat view of Mount Riante. 
um, right outside of our front door and, and actually out of one of our windows here in my prayer room. Um, I have a pretty cool view of Mount Riante and as I was praying and meditating and thinking just about all the things that, that God has in store for his church, I, I began looking at that mountain and realizing that, you know what, the church has got also some really big challenges ahead. Uh, I really feel that. And, and maybe you already are feeling some challenges in your own life, some challenges that, that you have tried to climb and get over and get through on your own. And maybe it hasn't worked for you and you're standing down at the bottom of this mountain and you're looking up at it and you're really beginning to pray, God, can you move this mountain? Can you, can you shake it? Can you move it? Can you part it? Can you get it out of my way? And I just want to let you know that if you have been praying that and this mountain has not moved for you, don't let the enemy beat you up and tell you that it's not because you don't have the faith. Because um, the Bible says all you got to have is a little bit of faith. And if I know that I know that I know that everybody watching, you have a little bit of faith. And you're putting in an operation because you're watching, you're praying, you're worshiping, you're listening. You may not be perfect in all of that, but you do have a little bit of faith. So I encourage you to not listen to the enemy's discouragement to tell you you don't have enough faith. He's saying that's why this mountain hasn't moved. It's because you're not good enough. And you know what? I want to tell you that's a lie. And, and I want to give you a, a greater truth. All right, The greater truth is simply this, that some mountains... They're not meant to be moved. In fact, some mountains, there are actually an invitation and a calling by God himself to come up higher, to, to take a, a higher road, to take a higher step. Just as the Bible says that his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are, are higher than our thoughts. He didn't ever say that we weren't invited to come up to those ways and to those thoughts. He did say that they are higher, which means that there's an invitation. Uh, in, in this challenging season that we're in, you're, it is actually an invitation for you to come up higher. So as I was just thinking about all of the challenges that the early church had, and we don't have time to go through all of that, but they were under some serious challenges, serious persecution from the beginning. But in the midst of every challenge, God used that challenge to actually spread the, spread the gospel, spread the church into the known world, and even a, a world that they were not really familiar with yet, but yet God was moving it ever forward to even where we are today, right? So even in the midst of all those challenges that the early church had, God had a plan and he had an invitation to actually raise his church up another level with every single challenge. And, and maybe, maybe that's where we're at now, because uh, I don't know about you, but, um, but I'm seeing challenges ahead for the church. I'm seeing challenges ahead for, for any believer that's standing strong and trying to do what God's called them to do and be who God has called them to be. I really feel like right now that the enemy is going to try to challenge you and make you back down in fear and say that you don't have what it takes. Well, this is where it, this scripture comes in. As I was meditating on all of this and, and trying to wrap my little peanut brain around all of this, I felt like God had led me to go back to his scripture and back to the, the book of Acts to see the beginning of the church being birthed and being moved. And, and again, we talked about what they were rooted in and what they were doing. 
but to go back to the church and also see how God used them to move forward in this movement that would actually uh, change the, the spiritual landscape of what was going on in the world. And so God drew me back to what we have been talking about, Acts chapter 2, kind of the end of that chapter, into the next chapter, Acts chapter 3. It was like God was telling me, okay, now that you got that foundation, now that you've got those roots, now that they're embedded in something solid, now that you know what to do, let's move forward in that. Let's turn the page. And, and I just feel the Holy Spirit right now telling me to tell somebody who's watching or maybe will be watching to turn the page. God says that the season you have been in, it's over. In the season of standing below a Mount Riante, which really, in essence, is not that big compared to a lot of other mountains, right? But as you are standing below this mountain and you're seeing this mountain of a challenge, God is saying your next chapter is starting. And this is the chapter where you begin climbing that mountain. This is the chapter where you begin walking up to a higher walk and a higher calling, walking in accordance with, with God. And he has given you this opportunity to see this challenge. And he's not giving it to you uh, just so that he can um, taunt you with it. He's actually inviting you. And he's letting me, letting you know that this invitation also comes with a great application of God in your life. And that application comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm really expecting the Holy Spirit to move in, in more and more powerful ways in the upcoming future. I'm serious. I, I'm, I'm expecting that. I, I feel the Holy Spirit tremors and trembles that, that's moving um, deep down inside of me, and it's not just me. I'm hearing other areas and other places that I know there's a move of the Holy Spirit coming. I know that there is, and I want you to be a part of that. I don't want you to back down from these challenges. Maybe maybe you have a challenge of, of being set free for the first time in 30 years. Maybe you have a challenge of being set free for the first time in, in your life. And you're wondering how this is going to happen by standing there at the base of this mountain and looking up. And it may look like something greater than Mount Riante. It may look like Pikes Peak or Mount McKinley or, or Mount Everest to you. But I want to let you know that the same God who put that mountain there is calling you up higher. So as the early church turns the page from the roots and the foundation, we see this inaugural miracle that happens. And I guarantee you, everybody who is watching or will be watching has heard of this miracle. That you, You've heard this miracle before. You've probably heard it preached before. I know I've preached it before. But I think God wants us to revisit this and come back to this inaugural miracle of what Peter and John did to a man who was lame, laying outside of the temple, and how God moved through them and what God is going to say through this miracle to his church, to his people, to those that are holding steadfast to him. All right, so go to Acts chapter 3, verse 11. Acts chapter 3, verse 11. Hey, I see more chiming in. I see some, I see your heart there. I see your amen there. Thanks for chiming in. Thanks for being with us. Acts chapter 3, verse 11. Oh, I'm excited about this word. It says, Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, 
all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. Uh, I just wanted to read that, that one verse in this entire passage of Scripture. Uh, again, this is a familiar passage of Scripture, familiar uh, uh, miracle here that happened right at the birth of the church. And it was this miracle of Peter and John going at about three o'clock in the afternoon to their normal time of prayer into the temple. And as they were, as Jewish men, ritually cleansed, able to go past all of these outer gates and outer courts, one of which was Solomon's porch, right? Solomon's porch was that area in which a lot of people could get close, but if you were not clean enough, if you were not good enough, you kind of had to just hang out there. It was not too far from the court of the Gentiles, which no matter how good of a Gentile you were, you were only able to go so far. But you had these people like Peter and John and these Jewish people that, especially the men that were ritually cleansed and, and able to go deeper and able to go further, deeper into this temple, passing by all of these people that were on the outside, on the outskirts and the outside of the temple. And as they're passing by, they see this man who has been laid there every day, it says, or at least almost every day. This man was also marked by his lameness, right? He was marked by his handicap. We don't even know his name. There, there, there's no mention of his name. There's no mention of his nationality. There's no mention of, of where he come from. There's not even a lame man, son of so-and-so. It's just this lame dude that has laid outside of the temple on a daily basis to do nothing but beg for help. And I think that, that, that God is calling the church into a, a mindset shift to where you have to start presenting yourself not as a beggar on the outside of the kingdom of God, but God wants you to be a son and a daughter of the Most High God, knowing that you have His identity and His authority and His ability living inside of you, the same ability that raised Christ from the dead is now raising you and calling you up to a higher standard, a higher way of living, a higher walk, a higher view. This is this mountain of, cha of a challenge in front of you but yet God is calling you higher and he's given you the ability to do so. You are not just a beggar in the kingdom of God. You're not just a beggar only meant to go only so far. God is inviting you in. He's inviting you up. He's calling you up. He's calling you out. That's right. He's calling you out to be a son or a daughter that you were created and you were designed to be. The word lame in the original language means that it, he was less than what he was supposed to be. There was something dysfunctional about him. Obviously, we read this and we kind of think it was in his legs or in his feet or something like that. There was some strength that he was lacking, some uh, an ability that he was lacking in his lower extremities. Somehow, some way, we don't know. Uh, I've heard commentaries on this, everything from cerebral palsy to just uh, just the fact that maybe he was crippled or handicapped or some some version of polio. I've heard all read all kinds of things on this. But here's the truth of it. He was lame. He was born lame. He was naturally not able to do and to be what God had called him to supernaturally do and to be. But 
The call out is here. And I love how this man, even though he was not able to go deeper, he was getting as close as he could. And I challenge you to do that, to get as close as you can, literally and physically, get as close as you can. As the scripture says, you draw close to God and I will give you a promise that God is going to move the rest of the way. You do what you can. God is going to come and supernaturally do what you cannot do. And I'm expecting that to happen in your life over the next few years. This man was, was coming as close as he could. But even as close as he could, he was expecting something. And God was actually prepared to give him more. See, this man was just expecting a handout. This man was just expecting a, a little change thrown his way, a, a dollar bill here, a dollar bill there. His, uh, he, he'd, worn, he'd worn his cardboard sign out. Hey, God bless you. We'll, you know, anything helps cardboard sign. His, his expectation because of just the way life was working out for him or not working out for him, his expectation of what God could do for him was so much lower than what God's expectation for him was. And as he was just kind of flashing his sign to, to Peter and John as they walked by, God had an appointment all set up to give him more than what he ever thought he could possibly get. So maybe God is trying to tell us something. Maybe the, the expectation of church, of, of what we as the body of believers, maybe we're expecting too little out of God. Maybe we're, we're so comfortable in Western civilization, religious culture, that, that maybe we've expected God to do too little when God is trying to place a challenge in front of us to move our faith to expect something so much more. I believe that's what the scripture calls walking by faith. I also believe that scripture says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. God is calling us to be pleasing to his sight as we walk up this challenge, this mountain of a challenge by faith. Expect more. You know, I've done this little exercise in my own little personal prayer time, and maybe maybe it would help you. Um, but I just kind of, off the top of my head, just started jotting down a couple of things that I'm expecting God to do in my life and my family's life and in the church and in this, this calling and this walk that God has for me. And I just kind of quickly jot them down. Don't, don't overthink it. Just quickly jot it down. And as I, as I took that and as I looked at that and I, and I, in my prayer time, laid it before the Lord upon the altar of, of that moment, I just asked God to consume it. I asked God to take it and consume it with fire to just burn it up because I wholeheartedly believe that God wants to do even more than what that expectation is. And then I began to really, really pray and meditate, God, what are your expectations for the church, for the body, for me, for you, for, for her, for him. What are your expectations? And God forgive me for my expectations being so little. God is wanting to do so much in your life. I guarantee he's, he is poised. He is ready to blow your mind. Praise break. 
Praise break. Let's give God praise for that, that God still knows how to blow our mind. That even in those moments where we feel like we've gone as far as we can, and God, if you could just help me out just a little bit, just to, just to hang here and stay here, maybe God is saying, instead of giving you a hand out, he wants to give you a hand up. God is calling you, and he's not doing so just to taunt you. He's doing so by also extending his hand and saying, let me take you where you were not ever even expected to go. Let me take you deeper. And that's exactly what, what Peter and John did. You know the story. As he looked at them for a, a, a few coins, Peter and John looked at them and said, hey, we don't have, some, we don't have any coins, right? We, we, we don't have that on us, but what we do carry and what we do have is exactly what you need. And they said, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk, right? And we see this, this great miracle. Well, you know what? As great of a miracle as it was to get this man up on his feet, this lame man from, from dragging himself to leaping and running and jumping and praising God, as great as a miracle as that was, the greater miracle happened right after that. And that was the fact that Peter and John took him deeper into the temple. Peter and John took him where only they could go. Where they could go, he could not go. Some have actually suggested that maybe this man was either a Gentile or a Samaritan or somebody who was not worthy in the Jewish religious system's eyes to be able to go deeper, to be able to go into the temple. In fact, there are signs that, that we have seen have been excavated out of the old temple remains, that signs that say you can't go beyond this point unless you want to be stoned to death, if you are a Gentile or if you are sick or if you're Samaritan, if you're not worthy, you can't go beyond this point. If you do, you'll be, you, you actually will take your life into your own hands. And maybe, just maybe, will you stretch your mind with me for a second? And maybe Peter and John take this man who's now leaping and jumping for, the, for praise and glory to God and for the joy of God, and they walk him past this sign that he's had to stare at that says, you can't go past this. Enemy has placed a sign in your mind too long. God, I believe, is sending a power of the Holy Spirit to move you past that sign that says, I'm taking you beyond. I'm taking you beyond the outer courts, taking you deeper. It's not by coincidence that we read here now, the lame man who was healed was holding on to Peter and John. The lame man who has two legs that were lame, just as we are lame in our natural tendency to sin and our natural ability to not walk with God, right? Our natural desires that take us away from God. We're all lame in some extent, but God has sent us a Peter and a John, right? He sent us an ability to stand up, to, to walk, to leap, to jump, to go past where we were ever able to go to in our own strength. And as the Bible says, he held on to Peter and John. I believe that that is, that, that, that is very important symbolism. Here is the beginning of the church. And God is saying, I'm using, this is what I'm going to use the church for. I'm going to use the church to show people that in their own strength, in their own ability, we're only able to go so far. 
But God, in God's supernatural power and ability, he's going to take you further. He's going to take you greater. He's going to take you deeper. He's going to take you higher. And this challenge that you've been struggling with over the last umpteen years of your life, instead of wishing it away, God's calling you to get a new viewpoint of him from the very top of this challenge. Peter and John says he's holding on to. Peter and John, two men of faith, two disciples, two men that followed him, but two men that represent two things very, very clearly. Now, both of them represent a revelation because Peter had a revelation. John wrote the book of Revelation. Both of them have a, a representation of revelation about them. And I told you from the beginning of this year that in this season, God is wanting to reveal things to his people, not just teach them uh, just for the sake of knowing information, but God wants to reveal to them what he is doing. He wants to reveal to them what he is saying. He wants to move us to a different way and a different perspective of living in this season. So as Peter and John have surrounded this lame man by revelation, right? Peter represents that, that man that, um, that Jesus turned to one time and said, And Peter, upon this rock I'll build my church. This was after that famous passage of Scripture where he says, Who do men say that I am? And Peter steps up and says, You're Jesus. You're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the one that we've been looking for. You're Him. You're the Son of the living God. So Peter represents this belief and this confession. And if you have this on one foot, if you have this strength and this steadfast belief and confession that Jesus can do and Jesus will do and Jesus is who Jesus says he is, then you're already standing firm on one leg, one foot. But under the other arm was John. Peter holding him up on one side, John holding him up on the other side, and John represents a steadfast walk with God. A steadfast walk with God, a faithful walk with God. I love how God does not ever call us to be perfect. He does call us to be holy. Now, the word holy in that sense means to be God's, to be His, to, to, to take the dysfunction out of life by being His, because that's what you were designed to be. That's who you are designed to be like. He didn't say be perfect, because God knows that... Uh, we certainly can't do that. But God has created a way for us to be His. So focus on being His more so than being perfect. So under one side, you've got this belief in this confession holding you up. And under the other side, you've got this steadfast walk represented by John. And those are the two strength, strengthened legs that God is calling you to walk up this mountain with. Now, I want to go deeper in this over the next few weeks. I'm about out of time. I don't want to hold you too long. I know things are, 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 are kind of hard on the video, being distracted. But I want to go deeper with this. I want to really look at challenges that the church has, that you have, that I have, that we have, that the body of Christ has. I want to look deep at those challenges those strongholds that would try to hold us back and hold us down and keep us in fear. And I want to look and I want to show you over the next few weeks how God can use those challenges to prove his strength in your life. I want to, I want to take you through many men and women of God that he's used that every one of them were faced with a challenge. 
but yet God used them in challenging times to do amazing things. I am poised and ready to see amazing things again. I don't, know how, I don't know about you, but I hope you are. I hope you are allowing God to increase your expectation level from just surviving to seeing God do amazing things. God is calling us up the mountain. And he's given us this, this ability in the power of the Holy Spirit to confess and believe that he can do this and to just steadfastly be his. I want to close with a passage of Scripture. It's actually one of my favorite passages of Scripture. It's found in, in Habakkuk. It's found in Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. And it's actually a hymn. It's actually a hymn that um, some of the prophets, some of the old church had sung about God. Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 through 19 says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Man, that doesn't sound real good. <laughs> Thanks, Pastor Justy. You, you kind of let us off with this, this nasty challenge, right? Because things are not working right. Obviously, the stuff that you felt like you've planted and you haven't received a harvest from it, you're, you're frustrated. Uh, things are challenging. Things don't look good in the landscape of life right now. As you see things on the news, as you read what they say, right? As you, as you try to feel your way through all of this, it doesn't always feel really good. It doesn't always look really good or sound really good. And that's exactly where this prophet is saying, though things don't look good, and so things may be seeming like they're a challenge right now. And through the middle of all of this challenge, verse 18 pops up and gives us a promise. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. We do an immediate shift, an immediate perspective shift where at first we could be down in the dumps because life's not working the way we thought. We could be down in the dumps because challenges keep facing us and taunting us. But yet we will have this perspective shift that we will not focus on this challenge. We will focus on the God of our salvation. And in that, we were going to find joy, the joy of being his, the joy of being saved. And in finding God and in finding that joy, look what happens. Verse 19, the Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like the deer's feet and he will make me walk on my high heels. Now we're not talking about stilettos, right? We're not talking about um, high heels in the fashion sense. We're talking about the fact that this prophet is saying that he's in a challenging season. He's in a challenging time, but yet he is, as he's facing this mountain of a challenge, God has actually given him strength and given him the feet, the right foot and the left foot, the Peter and the John to walk up this mountain and walk up this challenge that is meant for God to move in his life personally. 
He says, and he will make me walk up my high heels. That there's this challenge in front of you that that you feel like it is it is something you have to deal with. It's something that is placed in front of you. It's a challenge that is all yours. In fact, you've probably said in your own heart, man, nobody really understands what I'm having to deal with right here. No one really understands. Well, God is saying, not only does he understand, not only has he allowed this challenge to be in your life, but he has also given you strength to climb to the top of this challenge to give you the feet you need to walk up this hill, walk up this mountain so that you can get a perspective of him that you've never had before. What a personal invitation. He's calling you to climb that mountain. He's calling you to a higher walk. I want you to, just over the next few days, I want you to just lay yourself before the Lord and say, God, I can't climb this mountain on my own. I can't get up this this landscape on my own. But God, I will stop focusing on what I can't do and I will start focusing on what you can do. For the next few weeks, I want to look at these challenges, but I want to look harder at what God can do for you, in you, with you, and through you in the midst and in the face of these challenges. Get ready to do some mountain climbing. Over the next few weeks, that's what we're going to do. Thank you for joining with us. Thank you. We love you. We're praying for you. Each and every one that joined with with us this morning, I'm praying for you, praying for you so much that God will, will do amazing things in your life. Let's close in prayer. Father God, we thank you. Lord, I know that there are some that are watching right now that they have been facing challenge after challenge after challenge. Some is because they're lame and they can't do it. And some is because life has just presented itself as a challenge to them. But God, in either case, I ask you to help them to hear your voice so loud and so clear that you would draw their eyes up to the peak of that mountain. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, I ask you to send them an anointing of Peter and John an anointing to believe and confess that they know that you can do this, that they know and believe that you can take them higher. And an anointing that says, I will walk steadfastly with you. And though I may slip and though I may fall, if I'm walking with you, you're always going to pick me up, dust me off, clean me up, and help me walk back up that mountain. Father God, I pray for every single one that is watching or will be watching God, that you use them, that you use this opportunity that they're in. Use this challenge to do amazing things in their life. I'm expecting it. I love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for joining in. I look forward to going deeper in this Bible study with you. And hey, I look forward to being with you in service next weekend. Uh, it'll again, hopefully by Wednesday, but if not for sure, by next Sunday, I look forward to being with you again, seeing all of your beautiful faces. Thanks for chiming in. Thanks for loving, liking, praying, saying hi, all the amens. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. We love you. All right. Y'all have a blessed, blessed Sunday.
Peace out. Thank you so much for listening to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan again, and we are so thankful and grateful for you to be here and join us. We ask that you would make sure that you subscribe so that you can catch other podcasts as they come out. Also, if you would rate it and comment, let us know how God has blessed you through this podcast. We love you. We thank you. Have a blessed day.